once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all. And blew it. Left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarland. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. Uh, welcome to the show in which we hide a weekly mental health check-in with one another as uh, content about film. Welcome. As a result of that, I feel like before we get to what we're doing, I feel like we should sort of ask the more important question, which is, how are you doing? Buddy, I'm fucking melting. <laughs> this, this heat wave can get in the bin, man. Yeah. Like, it's great for a couple days, but fuck me, mate. We've had, like, what, three days at 30 degrees? Yeah. Four days? Yeah, mate. Too much. Too much. I'm working in a kitchen. I love my haircut at the moment. I'm like, I'm going to have to just shave this all off. Yeah, get it gone. Buzz it. Going to have to Ripley it in Alien 3. Do it. Do it. Go full Ripley. <laughs> I'm doing good, though, man. Uh, this Friday, it, well, last Friday when you're listening mm. to this, yep. is the pre-release for the Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering crossover. So, Ooh. And guess who got one of the 15 spots available for the pre-release event? I'm guessing you. Fuck yeah, me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's the cruelest thing about that? Go on. How many Lord of the Rings films have you seen, Ben? I have seen all three, buddy. Extremely recently. All oh, three. Okay, okay. So, so you, watched three. Them, you watched them this month? <laughs> mm, I watched two last month. Okay. And I watched nice. the third one this month. There yes. we go. So a super fan here is, has got one oh, of only lifelong. 15 spots in Shropshire. Lifelong <laughs> fan has stolen one of 15 spots from a true fan. Yeah. No, but seriously though, thank you to Boardroom Cafe for hosting it. They did a, a, like a, a raffle mm-hmm. to make it super fair. They were only allowed 15 in the whole of Shropshire. And I'm just incredibly, incredibly lucky and incredibly grateful. Love those guys. If you're in Telford, go to Boardroom Cafe. Worth it. How are you doing, buddy? I am uh, likewise melting. Uh, it's bad, again, isn't it? Working in kitchen isn't good. But I do feel like I'm a little bit of a first world problem because we've got a lot of listeners now in India. We do, man. Apparent, apparently we're popular in India now. Hello, India. I say very popular. I mean, as a percentage of the population, we're still a few decimal places down. But yeah, step it up. Come step on. it up. Come on. Tell a friend. <laughs> Tell a friend. <laughs> Uh, but uh, bear with me while I murder your language and say... Are we doing this? Uh, which Google Translate tells me is mm. welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast in Hindi. Uh, if well. I've been punked by <laughs> Google Translate... I'm really sorry. The AI is rising. The AI is like, fuck this dude. I've seen his search history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God knows what I've just made me admit to. But Honestly. Um, I'm sorry either way. Um, okay, well, we both seem to be doing all right. I don't feel like any interventions are needed this week. Uh, no. So what are we doing, Ben? Today, mate, we are jumping right back into the Chris Nolan series. Thank Christopher you again for bringing... Chris the fucking Nolan! Christopher fucking Nolan! Boom, boom, boom. 
<laughs> Thanks again for bringing this to the table. Oh, pleasure. Because, yet again, this is a film I hadn't seen. No. Nope. And I'm fucking glad I've watched it now. Really? I genuinely am. I genuinely am. Today we are covering Christopher Nolan's third feature length, Insomnia. Insomnia. Starring Al Pacino and Robin Williams. And Hilary Swank. And Hilary Swank. And, yeah, remake of a film, sort of Scandi Noir, Swedish thriller, made a few years earlier. And an interesting one. I mean, Memento was a hit, but it did have mm. a smaller budget and it did have a, not a small cast, but like the lead actors weren't huge. Yeah, it didn't have Al Pacino and Robin Williams. Yeah, You yeah. can just say it's a smaller cast, it's fine. <laughs> We're not saying in any way that the Memento cast are any way less talented. They're just not Al Pacino or Robin Williams. <laughs> or I fine. think that's a fair statement yeah. to say. <laughs> Nolan had only been in Hollywood for three years when this film was being made, and this was a completely different class of budget and cast. Mm. This cost the small price of mm-hmm. $46 million in 2002. <laughs> Fuck me! Uh, so this is really like his entry exam to the Hollywood big leagues. Like Warner Brothers and the studios are looking at him going, this is a big budget remake for us. You've had an indie hit followed by another indie hit. Do we really want to give this to you? And they, they basically said no. Steven Soderbergh, the executive producer, uh, who's directed a bunch of great films, basically had to campaign for Nolan. Okay. He finally he finally convinced Warner Brothers that they should go with him. And he goes, only if I can bring my DOP and my editor. Otherwise, if it's not all yeah, three of us. Fair. <laughs> fucking fair, man. So Wally what? Feister and Dodie Dawn came along with him. But he was like, either my mates get in as well, or we're not going in this club. <laughs> that's fucking awesome man what an absolute dude uh and it paid off in this film i think i, I it sounds like successfully for you yeah 100 percent, man i think before we get into it do you want to give us the imdb synopsis i do uh we're going to flip that coin and see whether or not we have a single sentence or the entire script oh, i hope it's the latter i hope they've they've put some effort in for this one do you know what i uh, this one has really landed on the edge of the coin and it is just okay. a normal dvd radio time style synopsis huh. two los angeles homicide detectives are dispatched to a northern town where the sun never sets to investigate the methodical murder of a local teen i mean it doesn't make it sound that particularly interesting (laughs) (laughs) i was sorry i was stunned because i was waiting for more i was like yes that is no no the exact intro to the movie that you can probably Mm -hmm. you can gather that in the first five minutes of the film but then that's the whole point of these things like i I like a spoiler free synopsis i don't want to read something that happens 20 minutes into the film i want to i want the setup Get me, get me into the get me through those first five minutes and i can take it from here do you know what i mean all you've got to do is get me to press play on the film. Yeah. Okay. How would you sum up Christopher Nolan's 2002 film, Insomnia? Okay. Detective Dormer is on assignment in Alaska to solve what seems to be a straightforward case. However, after prime suspect witnesses Dormer accidentally killing his partner, we now find our questionable cop hero in a game of cat and mouse with one of America's deadliest authors... Who will come out on top? Who will fold first? Will the bond of crime and extortion be enough to keep each other in step? Or will one break in an attempt to redeem their poor life choices? 
I mean, I feel like we no longer need to worry about ever getting Matt Berry on the podcast because that reading was almost exactly out of Toast of London or <laughs> or what we do in the shadows or basically any Matt Berry project. Hey, <laughs> that is very kind of you, sir. Thank you very much. That man is a literal national treasure. Uh-huh. B, I don't think he'd ever come on this show. He's, like I just said, national treasure. He's like David Attenborough. I, you know I mean? get the he's a blue whale. I get the distinct impression he's come on worse. <laughs> Although your synopsis is is golden and very Matt Berry heavy. Thank you. Uh, I, we're going to get into. I mean, we, we put a spoilers tag in the intro, so fuck you. Yeah, watch it before listening to it. Could you give us perhaps a little bit more of a of a detailed? Right. So we'll do. I mean, not to put you on the spot because I'm aware you put all your work into <laughs> the back of the DVD, but essentially, Al Pacino is an LA cop who's travelled up to Alaska with his partner on the invite of his close friend, who's now working up there. But realistically, the reason he's been given authorization to go up north to the middle of bumfuck nowhere in Alaska, Nightmute, the town of Nightmute, is because he's got some internal affairs investigation on his heels, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, essentially, okay. There's a rundown of the story. I'm going to keep it brief. If you haven't seen it, this is going to tell you the entire film. If you have seen it, this will go, oh yeah. Story of Detective Dormer, whose past of checkered police work and planting evidence to strengthen his cases, is threatening to destroy his future and undo his legacy, freeing violent criminals back into society. Dormer and his partner are assigned to Alaska to catch a murderer of a 17-year-old girl. Upon arriving, Dormer learns his partner is about to come clean to internal affairs, ruining his career of poor choices, causing him to accidentally... Never come clean. (laughs) Come dirty. He's on it. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. Gave all that up. Causing him to accidentally, question mark, Mm -hmm. shoot his partner during a shootout with the murder suspect. He does shoot his partner. He really does shoot his partner, like, right in the chest. (laughs) Like, square in the tit. (laughs) <laughs> Instead of helping his partner, Dormer then watches his partner die and lies through his sleepy, sleepy face for the rest of the film. I mean, he's not slept for like, was it three days by the or two days by this point, and it just continues getting worse. Yeah, yeah, I think it's two days. Yeah, and it's foggy. It's a really foggy beach. He's chasing yeah. a suspect. He can't see. It's tenuous. Like there's, it could yeah. go either way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But instead of helping his partner, Dormer just watches him die lies through his face about it for the rest of the film, trying to frame the murder suspect for the second murder or the second shooting. Mm -hmm. Really fucking leaning into his past, right? His past of poor life choices. He's 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 like, well, fuck it. One more, eh? Just one more. He's a guy that works on instinct when he knows, you know, when he's, he's got the, he's got enough proof for himself. He's like, I'll just fucking, I'll, I'll convict them with this bit of child's blood. I'll sprinkle on their clothes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly it. Unfortunately though, the murder suspect witnesses this shooting mm-hmm. of Dormer killing his partner and uses it against Dormer to try and clear his own name. Dormer now has an out. Mm. Him yeah. and his new forced B- BFF <laughs> have a patsy to take the fall. Yeah, the killer is weapon. quite beg friendly about it. He's like, well, I've got something on you, so now you can be my friend. Yeah, well, now here I have your phone number, your name. I know your crimes. Um, here's my checkered past. We're in it together. Ta-ra. <laughs> so they have everything. They have a patsy to take the fall. They have a weapon to frame him with. Yeah. And they can both carry on living their lives in peace if they both commit to this lie. Yeah. 
That seems like the plan, or at least seems like part of the plan on Dormer's part. I think he's trying to catch the murderer. Yeah, it's presented like Dormer's thinking about it. But I yeah, think- this is where the cat and mouse thing comes in yeah. because obviously they're they're both trying to like out fuck each other over. Who's lying to who? You know what I mean? Like who can fuck who more? Uh, and it's only un- it's not until Dormer hits nearly six days of no sleep also known as peak do not give a fuck <laughs> we've been there in the land <laughs> in the land where the sun never sets and heads straight for redemption after yeah. a young alaskan detective figures everything out i mean that might be the best bit of writing you'll ever do because that, that is, is entirely honestly, the plot of the film so thank you congratulations uh mostly that took way more effort than my synopsis <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay, and, and fair <laughs> Congratulations mostly to Ben for having written what is probably the peak of his writing career uh, and to the listener for following along, which, you know, normally I'd congratulate you a lot more. But in this instance, it's actually quite easy because you did a good job. Um, Can I ask you one question just real quick before we get into the the proper movie? Can I just ask you one thing? Yeah. It's a tiny remote town in Alaska. Yeah. Why is it always out of town cops? Why is it always like two LA detectives head to tiny yeah. bumfuck nowhere? So it's a cinematic cliche. <laughs> I, I, the, there are cinematic cliches left, right, and center in this place. The rookie cop and the experienced older guy. Yeah. The um, the murder weapon being hidden in places. The chase, right? But mm-hmm. the thing is, is that your main character is a crime writer, and so I think those cinematic cliches Got you. are quite intentional because they are detective movie and detective story cliches i think the writing leans on them intentionally the reason that cliche exists is because if it was local cops Mm -hmm. they would know everything about the local area the local population got you oh yeah of course so they'd go oh it was it was the stevenson boys up at the old mill and rather than doing what the audience needs to do go who the fuck are the stevenson boys and where is the old mill the guy would go Mm. oh yeah and we would be right. none the wiser. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That makes perfect sense. Purely like, for exposition then, yeah? Purely right. for exposition. It has to, they have Got to be you. an audience surrogate of like, somebody has to not know the area and the locals because we Got don't you. know the locals or the area. Otherwise, it would be a mad, confusing film. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. I feel, I feel a little silly for asking the question, but I feel a little braver for asking oh, it. Yeah, well done. Mm. Well done. Mm. Clap, Pat on clap, the back for me. Clap. Tiny applause. <laughs> I think that the tiny remote town thing, right? Yeah. I got the impression that you, you enjoyed this film, and we'll, we'll dig into how much. Mm-hmm. But I think for those of you that don't, I think Insomnia is Chris Nolan's most slept on film. And I think one of the reasons is, is that it's a straight A to B timeline. It doesn't do anything incredibly like, it's no big twist where people are like, whoa, you don't get the rug pulled out from under you like you did with Memento. Mm-hmm. But in terms of utilizing the budget that he had, you know, he's given 46 million. He uses it in really subtle ways that have a huge impact. So, you know, the chase scene on the beach where there's a shitload of fog, right? This is the shootout. The shootout. Yeah. The fog yeah, yeah. rolls in. Al Pacino runs through a little tunnel and they're on this rocky beach of a lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's looking through the fog, right? They're on location. Yeah. And there's a dolly, there's a, there's a hundred and one sweeping circular smooth dolly shots, right? Where they've yes. got the camera on a rail, mm-hmm. and you're sat there going, "Hang about!" They're just in the middle of the literal fucking wilderness, and they're shooting yeah. a forty six million dollar film. They've yeah. had to helicopter that <laughs> rail <laughs> oh, onto shit. the beach because if you think of the surface, like you can either do yeah, handheld, and it's going to be shaky AF. 
Yeah, it's going to be following. Yeah, so they had to build a wooden platform, a straight, flat wooden stage for all the crew to work on on the beach. Fucking hell, man. So there's the little rocky bit that Al Pacino's in, and then behind the camera, there's like half an acre of ground they had to build. And secondly, fog ain't the sort of thing you can plan a film around. So Nolan hired boats with massive fucking vape cannons to drive (laughs) up and down the shoreline. To create the fog. <laughs> Do you know what I love about Nolan? Mm. Whenever someone suggests a scene, <laughs> it's always like he likes to do the most expensive, quickest route. Yeah, He's like, well, yeah. yeah, we're not due fog around here for another, you know, another couple of months. Or if we are, it's at 4am. He's like, no, 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 fuck that. Let's just get 19 boats yeah, 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 yeah. and enormous vape cannons, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be expensive. Uh, Warner Brothers just gave me 46 million. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. We've just built a literal farmlands worth yeah. of wooden platform on a beach. Yeah. Get me the boats. Nolan gets all of his results almost by brute force. He does the thing that other people don't do. There's a shot that doesn't seem possible, right? Okay, I want a a semi-truck to flip Mm -hmm. in the Dark Knight. Sure. And everyone goes, right, we could CGI it this way, we could do this. He goes, why don't we just flip the truck? And they go, because it would be mental and prohibitively expensive. He's like, Occam's razor though, isn't it? Just flip the truck and film it. Every single opportunity (laughs) he has, right? Like in Tenet, there's a scene where a plane just drives into an airport. And he's like, just buy an airport. (laughs) <laughs> the whole stop the it whole... I've not seen Tenet yet so A okay. thank you for the spoiler it's B, in the trailer okay. it's in the trailer I watched the good. trailer you told me not to watch the trailer oh well fine well, you, you, <laughs> you can know that uh... <laughs> I'm out here living by your rules and your fucking dormer yeah, you know what I mean this is ben, your checkered thing Ben I put a spoiler tag in the intro mate you should know <laughs> oh that's my fault for not listening <laughs> fuck me do you want to know what I thought going into this film? Yeah, so what were your expectations? Because obviously, you know, you've you've expressed a sort of previous reservation of Nolan, but we're on our third one now. Mm-hmm. The first one is obviously rough. He made it for free. The second one is in the fucking National Library of Congress. Yeah. So this so, is like, this is the decider, right? This is round three. What were your expectations? I thought Nolan was going to go a little bit arcade fire on this one. I thought oh, Memento right. was going to be his big breakthrough album. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they had a couple EPs before, like one decent one that got him signed. And then they released their first album, which was near perfect. Yeah. And then I thought that this was going to go a little bit neon Bible, like all yeah. downhill. You know what I mean? Like, where yeah, do you go yeah, yeah. from Arcade Fire's first album? Where'd you go? It's impossible to be. The Suburbs was good, but fuck it. But, I mean, it wasn't bits. as good as the first album. <laughs> bits. Yeah. Nowhere near. But so I thought this was going to be Nolan's, uh, Nolan sort of beginning of the fall a little bit. Yeah, I know we've yeah. covered Batman and I love Batman. Yeah. But I prefer Memento. <laughs> because it's just it's it's snappy but it's simple and it's paced in a way where it's not fucking, you know, three yeah. movies of, you know, one movie of pure exposition, the next movie is like the, all the action. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also it's it's an original property. It's not borrowing exactly. a, That's a, what a I'm universe saying. and a and a methodology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair. Yeah, fair. yeah. So I was expecting this to be a bit of a fall off from Memento. Mm-hmm. But what I actually got from this was this might be, for me personally, right. this might be Christopher Nolan's most important movie. Ooh. What because makes you say that? I get Nolan now. Like what? I, 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 He makes you, sense to me now. You hated him before. 
I, j- I just, yeah, I did. I'm not even going to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I never bothered with this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interstellar was great. I saw it once in the cinema and never thought about it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. You know what so, I mean? So what was about this? This is Nolan going from A to B, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And the, the twists and the turns and the tension is yep. so incredibly delicate. It's this such, film is a snowflake. <laughs> it's such a fragile film, yeah. right? It's very somber. It's very subtle. But the tension, because the talent mm. in this film is so astronomically good, <laughs> yeah. the tension building is just mwah, fucking mm. chef's kiss beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't stop. Dark, bleak, mm. gripping, fucking intense, mm-hmm. mad delicate, yeah. crazy intricate. It's... it's <sighs> It's what Nolan's done in later films, mm-hmm. like in Batman, in Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. It's an incredibly delicate story that interweaves yep. itself left, right, and center, and you have to pay attention to the story to get it. Except for in the Batman movies, you also have a semi-truck flipping over. You have <laughs> yeah, yeah, a yeah, hospital yeah, yeah. being blown up. You have Whereas planes just, carrying yeah. planes. Whereas yeah. this is just the story, and you yeah. get Nolan's writing and directing like yeah. just in all its glory. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I see this very much as him practicing moves that he'll use to great effect in the Dark Knight. You've got two 100%. protagonists with very blurred roles, grey morality. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you do the right thing the wrong way. Yeah, and I did the wrong thing once. Right, yes. I'm a nice guy who fucked up once. You're a nice guy who's fucked up a couple times. So yeah. this is the Robin Williams serial killer character to the detective. He's like. I had one mistake. You've done the, the wrong thing for the right reasons a couple times. Yes. I did the wrong thing for the wrong reason once. Like, let's, let's you know. And the way that they subvert the typecasting of each actor to do that. Yeah. Robin Williams, known for his comedy roles, known for his light good guy oh, roles. Al Pacino, known for playing a bunch this. of it. Oh, he's, oh we're going to come to that because he's mm-hmm. incredible. But I feel like this is a sort of dry run for stuff that he'll do later in his career. And switching that typecasting is incredible. Definitely. So you've got this huge style storytelling. Yeah. And it's it's where we first see the signature editing and the signature cinematography. There's some shots in here that are so Nolan. Plane shot from another plane. Plane from another plane. <laughs> multiple yeah. fucking times. Over a glacier. Over a forest. In some fog. Another yeah. glacier. Over some more forest. <laughs> then we're into the film and it's like, yeah. fuck me, man. I, that must have been like 20 mil of the budget just there. <laughs> but like, do you reckon he did that standard budgeting thing of started in the first week? He's like, we got all the money. And then it got to the middle of the month. He's like, oh, I do need to, I do need to, to <laughs> cut it down. And then by the end of the movie, that last week, he's like, can I borrow a fiver? <laughs> just need to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just they need were to like, get one more shot. We need a we need a dead dog prop, all right? And we <laughs> we have got nineteen pounds left, so uh, I don't know how we're going to do this. If someone just brings in like a toy from when they were a kid, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Fuck it, get Al Pacino to shoot it. It's fine." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I I understand Nolan for you. Yeah, yeah. Because the Batman movies, the way that he's working it right is it's all about rewatchability. Yeah, which is right up your fucking street. Oh yeah, all the Batman movies. The delicate, intricate stories, the more you watch it, the more you understand the weaving. Yeah, and you see the motivations of the characters and you go, oh, actually, Definitely. I thought he did that because he was a bad guy, but actually that that moral standpoint is justified because I know where that comes from now. And, exactly. And then you also get 
huge fuck off action movie that if you just don't yeah. really want to sit and use your brain exactly. for a while, yeah. you've just got an action movie in front of you, mm-hmm. which is fucking genius. But for me, it's incredibly busy and I can't mm-hmm. focus on everything all in one go. So I'm just <laughs> yeah, sort of, I'm yeah, watching yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like, this is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's trying to read a book during the fireworks show. Yeah, during a fireworks show, also you're on fire. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's great. I get that for you. So I understand Nolan for you. I also understand Nolan for me. This is like, honestly, this mm. is his most important movie for me. Oh, mate. I do love this film. I, I do love the grey morality. Ooh. I do love the twists. I sense a butt. I mean, I make sure you check that with HR, but I do feel that. <laughs> The the mood so effectively captures exhaustion. Mm. Al Pacino mm-hmm. in this movie is oh my God. fucked. Right? Oh my God. Al Pacino does the best dazed face, face yeah. I have ever seen in my entire life. By there the end of this movie, it looks like he's done about eight <laughs> kilos of cat. He's just there like... so many scenes where he's literally just staring. Staring pan-faced uh, and it, there's no reaction whatsoever like jawed yeah and the beats he leaves when someone fires yeah. a line at him mate and there's a pause and he blinks fucking time and then he comprehends that it's it's here it's his turn to talk and then yeah it's incredible insanely good but i think i think the isolation the slower pace the subtlety mm-hmm. and the sort of lack of sleep of the main character is incredibly effective at creating a feeling of being tired and sleepy and it mm. comes back to the point I always make about there's a Joaquin Phoenix film called Buffalo Soldiers or a Jake Gyllenhaal film called Jarhead, both of which are films about US soldiers deployed to war zones and not actually getting used for anything and dying of boredom. And both of them are incredibly well-made films because they are fucking boring. <laughs> I, I, that, sounds, that sounds pretty fucking good, though, man. <laughs> but it captures that feeling of frustration yeah. and boredom perfectly. And I feel like this film captures sleepiness perfectly and that's not necessarily what i go to nolan for i go to nolan for mystery and excitement and curiosity and confusion pleasant confusion and with this there's very little confusion because you know more than the characters do at most times yes and also that you know he switches the focus whereas the original is a very bleak film it's about a man who accidentally shoots his partner Mm -hmm. and the guilt of which gives him the insomnia Oh, Although okay. he's in a fully daytime town like Nightmute, but it's set yeah. in in Sweden, uh, mm-hmm. it's the guilt. But there's there's subtle changes. His morality is way worse than Dorman. Right. Okay. So when he's got these, uh, when he's got the witness and he needs to shit her up, rather than driving into oncoming traffic, he puts his hand right on her thigh when they're in the car. Wow. It's, it's not a dead dog. He shoots to get the ballistics for the gun. Okay. It's one man's slide into awfulness. And it's oh the God. it's the two characters swapping over basically is the original film. I really want to watch that film now. Though. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it sounds rough as fuck, but also, <laughs> but but like Dormer overstepping the mark. Yeah, maybe like ten percent more. Exactly, would have been like. Ooh. I feel like this is a little bit more straight up, and I f- it's it's a great film. It's a film that I was disappointed by as soon as the credits rolled, and in the following days couldn't stop thinking about. I honestly thought that this would have appealed to you, because mm-hmm. uh, when I watched this, yeah, like we've we've both made questionable decisions in our past, right? Uh, mate, yeah, yeah. I'm 
I'm an addict in recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, up until recently, Sir Robert, <laughs> <laughs> who gave me my first sip of real beer in 22 months by accident <laughs> because I got the two my two hands confused because I'm not very clever. I know I got you, bud. It's fine. Um, so I'm an addict in recovery. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got it, depression, anxiety, trauma, and various fucking window escapes. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, neither of us can do class A's anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> So making those choices in our past, right? Yeah. Do you ever get that like creeping feeling like that is gonna come back to haunt me? Never. That's a you thing. That's a yeah. That's, I get that's it. Your I get it every now and then. Every now and again. Every now and again, when I'm about to fall asleep, my brain yeah. is just sort of like, "Hey, do you remember when you did all that cocaine and then ran around Barcelona, pretended to be a Power Ranger?" Because mm. I just, you know, genuinely felt like I was untouchable, so I was running around <laughs> like I was king of the world. Mm. <laughs> Terrible choice, but also. <laughs> thinking in the back of my brain being sort of like that ah, it's gonna come back to get me one day yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. dorma catches that but then also you see dorma sort of flirting with the redemption thing as if to be sort of like yeah. do i just stay on this path that i've chosen mm-hmm. for myself or do i pull myself off? that's related does i mean it always pull yourself off especially before bed <laughs> yeah i knew I, yeah i knew this was coming i knew this was coming it does help you sleep i suggest it highly also <laughs> <laughs> he's flirting with the idea of like the possibility of getting himself back yeah, on yeah. the right track by blowing up his career blowing up his reputation Throwing into doubt and question all of his previous cases, but doing the right thing this time. Yes. And the sort of big climactic moment at the end of the film is when the Hilary Swank character finds him in terrible shape. Mm-hmm. She's now under- She now understands and knows fully that he has attempted to frame the wrong person for the murder. Mm-hmm. She has the bullet. She's seen him do the right thing. And she goes, I can make this disappear. And he's like, don't you fucking dare. Don't lose your way. Don't choose this path. Yeah. It starts, it starts with one. And so, yeah, there's lots to relate to there. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing wrong with this film. I just have... No, of course not. I have inflated expectations for Nolan. I think you've been spoiled by Nolan. The same way that after, after I watched the Nolan Batman movies, yeah, yeah. I was, Batman was ruined for me because <laughs> yeah, my expectations yeah. were too high. It's exactly that. And I think with this film, this is him playing nice with Warner Brothers and saying, look, I can do... The kind of films you're used to getting. The early 2000s was fucking littered with detective, you know, What Lies Beneath and all this sort of stuff. These sort of thriller detective, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, yeah. What's the one with Morgan Freeman, Kiss the Girls, all that sort of stuff. It was really popular. I thought you were going to say Seven then. I was like... No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but there's, you know, a, another example, you know, of like, a, yeah. it wasn't a whodunit, it's a how catch em, right? You know who did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How I are you going to so. catch em? Um, That was the okay. sort of new thing. So this is him playing ball. This is him going, look, I can do the thing. And he does the thing excellently. But the thing he's doing is a standard film. Mm -hmm. And I don't go to Nolan for standard films. I go to Nolan for cutting edge. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I'm going to build on it. Okay. I'm incredibly lucky that I have paid zero attention to Nolan up until this point. I'm so fucking jealous. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I've paid zero attention. So, I, so I'm getting everything in chronological order. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I'm watching his career unfold in front of my eyes. And at this point, what I'm getting from this film is the context of the movie. You are right. There's mm-hmm. a lot of detective sort yeah, of yeah. noir films that are coming out, detective thriller films that are around at this point. And I think this film is Nolan going, no, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And he does it fucking excellently. Yeah. So that then any studio that looks at him goes, oh yeah, you're the guy whose third movie mm-hmm. blew everything else out of the water yeah, yeah. just because you could. 
yes, you can have the money to fucking buy an airport. Do whatever you want. Go mental. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's exactly that. I think it's... This is his entry exam. Yeah. I, I think he's using it more of sort of like it's approving himself to himself. Yeah. But it's also proving his editor and... Uh, exactly, yeah. His cinematographer. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. It's fucking beautiful. Incredible movie. Exactly that. Okay. Night Mute. Night Mute, right. Night yes. Mute. The small Alaskan town. Does isolation or mm-hmm. small town living, does that encourage serious crime or does it deter it? Do you know what? I'm so fucking glad you asked this because mm-hmm. I've, I've got the exact same point. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Nolan's really careful to demonstrate exactly how isolated they are, right? Yes. As characters, as a town, as moralists, right? They are on their own. Yeah, yeah, And I feel like the togetherness is a safety check, right? The fog goes over and Al Pacino, mistakenly, we we assume at the time, and Mm -hmm. that never gets answered, shoots his partner. Yeah. Had he shot his partner and the Robin Williams serial killer not seen it, yeah, he could have played that off however the fuck he wanted, and yeah. it would have been fine. And I think Nightmute as a metaphor for the danger of no one watching. Who are you when you're alone? Oh. I think it's you remove the people watching you. And what are your morals Ooh. now? What are the beliefs that you only admit to yourself? And as a town and as a society, yeah, like the like the his his mate who invited him up there, the police chief, he's like, we can make this go away. We don't we don't follow those LA rules that you're used to. We know you've got an investigation down there. Screws up the message and throws it away. Screws it up because it's like we're we're our own gods up here. We're our own law. I get it. That's really fucking good, man. The whole who what is your morals now that no one's watching is terrifying, right? Because you've got Robin Williams there going, they're exactly the same as mine. Yeah. The only difference is I fucked up. Yeah, I'm willing to admit it. I fucked up. I'm going to try and help you get out of your fuck up because you can help me get out of my fuck up. Yeah. And we'll just be best friends forever. And I can write about this. And he constantly thinks he's smarter than Al Pacino. Yeah, he really does, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does it in such a glorious way. Do you think think it was an accident, him shooting his partner? I don't. You don't you I, think he did I it don't. intentionally? No, I don't think he did it intentionally. I don't think it was mm-hmm. an accident. I think because he didn't sleep on the plane up to Alaska, he didn't sleep the first night, he didn't sleep yeah. the second night, and mm-hmm. now he's chasing a fucking murder and in a shootout in yeah, the yeah. thickest fog I've ever seen since The Mist. <laughs> 19 vape boat. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Fog, um, yeah, yeah. And I think that after a few days of no sleep, yeah. The sun's not going down, so you're going to be disorientated as shit. Yeah. You're on edge because you're about to catch the killer who you know is the killer, mm-hmm. who's just walked into your trap and is about to escape. Yeah. You're going to pull the fucking trigger. Yeah, it's yeah. desperation. Yeah. Because this is, again, it's another, it's a, if that wasn't his partner and that was Robin Williams, yeah. the, the murder suspect, he redemption was achieved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. No, there's no, uh, there's, no investigation he, anymore. He's a good exactly. cop. Yeah. Yeah. He's out. He's out. That's his done and dusted. He 100% took that shot on purpose. Didn't mean to kill his partner. Didn't know it was his partner. I don't think it was his fault intentionally. Yeah. I just think lack of sleep. and That that lack of sleep is so well portrayed. But, but you mentioned earlier the performances, and I want to just take a moment mm-hmm. 
Robin Williams does very few dramatic roles. He's got a few. But Robin Williams is a dramatic actor, I think, is... I rate his dramatic work higher than his comedy work. I always have. I've never found him funny. I've always found him incredibly you? engaging to watch. How dare you? And watching him in this film, playing the arrogant, thinks he's smarter than everyone else, just totally unwilling to accept responsibility for beating a 17-year-old to death over 10 minutes... Yeah, it's delusional self-justification. Yeah. yeah He's just yeah. trying to guy. be sort of like, yeah, I was vulnerable and she laughed yeah. at me, so I had to shut her up. Yeah. She probably liked it. But he does it so well. Robin Williams in this mm. film is terrifying. Yeah. And with with that that thing we were talking about of insomnia as a dry run for The Dark Knight, God, I wish the 89 Batman had got Robin Williams as the Joker. Can you imagine? Could you imagine? Holy shit, that would have been Can insane. Can you imagine Robin Williams as Christopher Nolan's Joker? Oh my God. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> 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 Want to see me make a pencil disappear? Now you see it. <laughs> hey, how do you yeah. think I got these scars? Hey, would have been. <laughs> 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 it's not your fault. Speaking of. It's not uh, your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not, it's your, not fault. your fault. Hey, it's stop not trying to fault. hit me and hit me. Hey. <laughs> it's not your fault, Batman. Hey. Speaking of his dramatic roles. Sure. Do you want to play a game? Yes. How many dramatic roles can you name played by Robin Williams? Ooh. This is good because I've just fucked myself over because I was like, oh, there's a few. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Name one. Any role, any uh, Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. Didn't go with Insomnia, the film we're literally talking Insomnia's about. Insomnia is my second one. <laughs> <laughs> but Good Will Hunting because I was just, I just did it. Uh, Dead Poet Society. Still not seen that. I hear it's good. Oh, buddy. Uh, one Hour Photo. Oh, fuck me, I love that film. I love it so fucking much. I wish Mark Romanek would do more films. Right. Jack. Eat shit. That's, No. Uh, it's it, that's a ten-year-old in a fully grown adult man's body buying porn. That's horrific. That <laughs> is horrific. Go and he's, find he's... it by the railway, like the rest of us had to. All yes. right, <laughs> his life is going to be ruined after watching that DVD. <laughs> where does where does porn? I mean, every town has a railway line running through it. Mm. Why are they always littered with porn? Because of the porn ferry. But this is, it doesn't make you sense. I've spoken fairy. to so many people about this, and just yeah. everyone agrees universally that when they were kids, they all yeah. found porn next to the train lines. Yes, porn ferry. You put 50p under your pillow. <laughs> and they go to the train track the next day. And then you go to the train track the next day and the porn ferry will have littered some page three yeah. models on the train tracks. Yeah, okay. okay. What it was is that porn was in national newspapers that were bought every day. No, 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 no. This is actual porn magazines, like actual printed out porn stuff. Maybe train drivers have just got a problem. Who knows? Oh, the drivers. Dude, I've yeah. never even thought of that. <laughs> never even did. No, no one ever suspects the driver. No one ever suspects the train driver. In a cab by themselves. If you're, yeah, if you're driving, if you're fucking driving coal up and down the country in a train, of course you're going to be wanking. What else are you going to be doing? There's <laughs> no coal. Wi-Fi. It's incredibly arousing. <laughs> yeah, it's the sexiest mineral. <laughs> <laughs> I got a part two of the game. I got a part, because you did quite well at that. You could have also Thank had uh, Awakenings, The Fisher King. I've not uh, seen Awakenings. Uh, yeah, I've not I seen the Fisher King either. Oh, Fisher King is so fucking good. Hook. Uh, just get out of here with that. That's a child's uh, nightmare. I got. I got a harder one for you. I got a part stage two. Okay. Because everyone's going to be like, huh, I know all of those. 
Yeah. All right, you smart-ass listeners. Name an Al Pacino comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not so fucking easy, is it? I mean, Scarface is pretty funny. (laughs) Not for the right reasons. (laughs) No. But it's it's pretty fucking funny. It has aged like milk. It is, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny, though. Uh, I didn't know any of these. I had to Google Al Pacino comedies. Dick Tracy, which I'd argue is a kid's film rather than a comedy. Okay, sure. Ocean's 13. Strangely, is that a comedy? Right, right. Like the Martian won the Oscar for best comedy, Ocean's 13. (laughs) (laughs) Lol, potato farmer. The universally ignored stand-up guys. Ever heard of that? Stand-up guys. Mm. No. And Ben Affleck's best film, Jiggly. Jiggly or Giggly? I have not seen it. I don't know the one that came out and he was widely panned. It was when he was dating uh, Jennifer Lopez. They did it together, and it was everyone was like, "That's the worst film that's ever been made." Oh. Ruined his career for a while. Well, you bounce back to you know Batman versus Superman. You know what I mean? It's all good. And now <laughs> we just made a film about shoes, a brilliant underdog story of a billion dollar company signing mm. Michael Jordan. What a win it. over that is. Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen it, it too. It's really good. <laughs> Are you joking? <laughs> no, I quite it's enjoyed the it. biggest case. It's, it's like watching capitalism masturbate onto Oh, me. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but once you accept that, <laughs> once you accept that, you're like... Once Damn. you accept the billion dollar company but keep being the underdog... Yeah. Get yeah. fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to like it and I was like... I don't care who wins this. I don't care who gets Jordan. You're all fucking millionaires. I don't give a fuck. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, fuck it. What are you going to rate Christopher Nolan's 2002 movie Insomnia and why? This for me is, this is a 10 for me because it is the pinnacle moment of my life where I understand Nolan. And And more importantly than that, I understand why Nolan's so important to you. Right, nice. A ten. Fat ten. Fat ten. Jesus. Beautiful that's, beautifully that's done. Incredible I don't think he's he's not this subtle ever again, is he? Um Don't spoil com- anything. Don't spoil anything. It's fine. Okay. The answer is yes, but not overall. This is the subtlest overall film. Oh, okay. There, that's there it. That's are it. yeah. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. say no more. Say no more. I'm excited. So so um <laughs> What are you rating? I, I like the reason I like Christopher Nolan is I love the, this kind of film, mm-hmm. right? But one of your main criticisms of Christopher Nolan has been it, it's like reading a book. And mm-hmm. I can't disagree with you. You're right. It yeah. is like reading a book. And I said it when we covered Following a couple of weeks back. And uh, it's not true of Memento because Memento's so well paced. And it's got the conceit of the you don't know where you are. Yeah. Not just a who done it, it's a who am I. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who done it, who am I, where am I, when is it? Mm. Um but I need the fireworks. Otherwise it is a book. And I you, okay. and we said jokingly earlier the criticism of like, you know, it's like trying to read a book whilst you're on fire. Yeah. But and like the fireworks are going off. And the fireworks going off. Mm. It's it's nice having the fireworks because they give you that first watch. You watched this because you were watching yeah. it for a podcast. And you were trying to get in, you were trying to understand Nolan because I like Nolan. You're trying to understand why you had a reason to watch this and appreciate it. Yeah. You two years ago 
watching this film with no podcast, mm-hmm. would you have loved it the same way you do? Or oh, would you, about me. halfway through, gone, this is a bit fucking boring? And sometimes you just need a fucking semi-truck flipping over its face to go, hooray, that's what you turn up for. And along the yeah. way, there's that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you 100%. Two years ago, I wouldn't have put this on. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have gone near it. To be honest, two years ago, if it wasn't bright colours and flashing lights, exactly. I, I would have just fucking sacked it off. And I think what I find clever about Nolan is he does this kind of film with bright colours and flashing lights and, and excels yeah. at both. Yeah. And so for the fact that this is a quieter, slower film, I'm going to give this a seven and a half. Ooh, that's way lower than I thought you were going to do. Mm. I thought this was going to be like a, a like a nine... Nine, maybe a nine. And I a half. know why it's a seven and a half. It's a seven oh, and a half okay. because because he had to play it safe for the studio execs, show that he could play their game. I'm not sure he was playing it safe. I'm more. I think it was more of a little bit of a fuck you to the entire genre and going, "This is how you do it." And then once it's done and dusted, yeah. the studio's like, "Well, we can't do that anymore because he's just fucking ruined it." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I genuinely think that's what it is. In my mind, he's this sort of like badass kind of. I mean, sort of little rage against the yeah. machine, privately educated director. Yeah, except he made him. A, <laughs> except he made him 113 million dollars with this film because it was a massive critical and commercial hit. So, you know, make a film about that. I want to see that underdog story. <laughs> Fuck Nike and the stupid shoes. I want to see yeah, that story. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? That, Christopher that, Nolan's next movie is about how Christopher Nolan made a movie. Can you, oh my God, that's the most Christopher Nolan <laughs> yeah, thing I know, well. right? I know. The, Christopher Nolan, a documentary about Christopher Nolan, written by Christopher Nolan, directed by Christopher Nolan. Also, it's a book written by Christopher Nolan, and then he just releases it as an audiobook. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. 100%. You close Incredible. Yeah, yeah. What you've got to do is put the DVD on your nose and spin it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just use nothing but your imagination. He's done enough hard work. It's time yeah, for you exactly. to put some effort in. Exactly. All right. Exactly. <laughs> Shall we do comment corner? Let's do yes, comment please. corner. I've got, uh, I've got a treat of a comment for you. Please. Uh, let me open my screenshots before I screenshot all of them, you bastards. Oh, I don't. I am frantically uh, scrolling through Instagram right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wesley Claggett on Instagram yeah. commented on our following reel that will refuse to die <laughs> every day we get another 50, 60 likes on it which is lovely beautiful thank you for the attention keep it coming but also we do have new content please move on <laughs> ignore that just keep it going as long as possible share it Wes- Wesley Claggett commented as if to say haha got you he went I tittered how they said everyone had full time jobs Yet Christopher was editing during the week, which means he didn't have a job. And uh, to that I say, Wesley Claggett, he fucking did. Because after you commented <laughs> that, after you commented that, I went. I spent about two hours on Google. Wow, and, this got to you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, the reason being, I was like, oh no, we've put we've put fake news out there. We've put misinformation sure. out into the world. Yeah, with yeah. our mental health check-in disguised as a film podcast, right? It's very serious business. If we serious say one business. thing wrong, oh my exactly, god! Exactly, mate. World will burn. <laughs> so I was checking it up, and no, he was he was working as an editor, making corporate um, training videos. Well, there you go. Jobs so, a job. Jobs a job. So he was doing yeah. that, finishing his shift, and then going. Well, it's five p.m. Best start editing <laughs> my movie that I'm making during my full time job. Well, there you go, Mister Commenter. Turns out you're both right. He did have a job, but it was edited. So you're both kind of right. You're both kind of wrong. Either way, thank you for the engagement. 
You got a comment? Uh, I you got do. A comment for us? You ready for this one? This one is from Matt Diviney or Diviney? Okay. Divine? Diviney? It's got a Y on the end. This is from Matt on Instagram. Basic equipment isn't limiting if getting nicer equipment simply isn't an option. Sometimes only having one option forward is a huge creative catalyst. And that was on the same reel from following. And to be honest with you, Matt, I cannot agree with you more. Basic equipment means you're good at something. I agree. That's why Ben's good in bed. Exactly. See? <laughs> it's not what you got. It's how you use it. That's all I'm going to say there for that one, buddy. <laughs> now, this is a firm favorite of ours. Go on. We posted about the lovely film Sisu. And we posted that you'd seen it in a cinema with a with an audience <laughs> a lot older than you. Yeah, we were the youngest there you. by about 10. Yeah, 10 yeah. and I, I jokingly interjected being like, oh, what were they there to see Dan Busters, right? Yeah, because I said, wouldn't it be funny if they were all there yeah, expecting yeah, yeah, a yeah. war movie? And that's yeah, why yeah. it was and an was older like, crowd. And I, I then said, like Dan Busters, right? Yeah, Which is a war we go. movie. That's why yeah. it was mentioned. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. TikTokney Cockney took exception <laughs> to this. <laughs> TikTok Cockney <laughs> was furious. That's the best TikTok username I've ever heard. What is it's it? TikTok Cockney. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Great start already. I wish it was TikTok Me Cockney, but hey. Mm. TikTok Me Cockney. <laughs> How incredibly patronizing for people 10 years older than you that you <laughs> wanted damn busters. You should stay in Telford. It suits you. It might have touched a nerve there, mate. Oh, man, that person is 100% 10 years older than me, went to the mm. cinema to watch a classic war movie and got Sisu and was <laughs> so horrendously disappointed, went on TikTok to complain about it and then saw mm. me going, yeah, mate, it was dead funny. Everyone there was 10 years older. They were all expecting a war movie and got Sisu and it just triggered them. That was fucking yeah. amazing. We're that sorry, Tony Cockney. We didn't mean to, we didn't mean to patronise oh. at all. Uh, especially when we responded to your comment with the dictionary definition of a joke. Yeah. Uh, literally, joke, noun, a thing that someone says to cause amusement or laughter, especially a fictional or untrue fact with a funny punchline. <laughs> and I realise now it may have been patronising to respond with that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> very sorry again what? for patronising you again. What was the last line of his comment? Uh, you should stay in Telford. It suits you. Oh, God, that makes me so unbelievably happy. It's unreal. <laughs> it's unreal, man. That's so good. And that's all the time we have for today. Um, <laughs> join us in our group chat on Discord by following the link in the description box of the very episode that you're listening to now and get uh, direct 24-hour access to um, our pockets. And right now they are warm pockets. Mm. They very much are. You will be amongst sweaty neighbours. Steamy pockets. Or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you choose to get images to pass in front of your eyes whilst waggling your thumb around. We are everywhere. We are indeed. Uh, like and next herpes. Week, next week we will be continuing. <laughs> <laughs> next week we will be continuing with the Goebbels Golden Grilled Cheese Sandwich, having done this first slice of bread of Sisu. Yes. Ben, what's our cheesy filling? We're on to a Swiss ploitation classic. <laughs> Oh, that's a genre I'm very familiar with. Oh, buddy, you're gonna be. This is, it's cheese Nazis at its finest. Casper Van Dien is in this, mate. Starship Troopers, fucking Johnny Rico. Rico's Roughnecks! And with He's the, the Swiss fucking cheese Nazi, mate. What's the, what's the film called, Ben? Mad Hunt Heidi. Ooh. Seriously, though, mate. Casper Van Dien as cheesy Hitler. Fucking incredible. 
I'm I'm not even trying to big it up too much. I'm not going to build it up so much that you're disappointed by it, but this film, Mad Heidi, will change your life forever.